0: live from the heartland and the crossroads of america it's tony Katz today gonna do that that's not what they want to do they just want to you know make it more efficient to do like cross border all this other stuff and um, you know yeah maybe that's what they'll say uh, but i think that anyone with their eyes open could see the dangers that this type of an arrangement would mean for Americans who want to exercise their financial independence and would like to be able to conduct business without having the government know every single transaction that they're making in real time. And um, sometimes government will do things where they provide kind of a benevolent rationale for what they're doing, but it's really nothing more than a wolf in sheep's clothing. Well, I think with central bank digital currency, this is a wolf coming as a wolf. Uh, this is something that will be a massive transfer of power from individual consumers uh, to a central authority. This will be actually about control, Governor DeSantis. But you knew that part, too. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z, TonyKatz.com, the phone number 833-468-8669. This idea of a central bank digital currency is, of course, about control. They started this with the idea that what we're trying to do is make it easier for money to be moved in between banks for the systems that move dollars and transfers of dollars to move faster and more efficiently. That's part of the wolf in sheep's clothing. But there is a very open conversation about the idea of creating a digital currency for the United States. Be clear I'm not talking about Bitcoin, Ethereum, Doge, Shib, what have you. Full disclosure, I'm a guy who owns crypto. Not enough to make me a crypto millionaire by any stretch of the imagination. I've done very poorly. I'm just saying I do own some, so when I talk about something, I always like to be clear and upfront with you. I'm a believer in digital currency. I'm a believer in the blockchain and in the uh, superior levels of, of secrecy. It can... It can be used for, specifically when we talk about medical records and certainly in banking, things like that. I'm a believer in decentralized currency. I'm a believer in a digital digital currency, not from the United States of America. A digital currency from the United States of America isn't about making transactions easier nor safer. It is about being able to have full access to every transaction you make and then limiting your ability to make those transactions. You see, the easy one is, of course, the gun one. Well, we saw you bought 100 rounds of ammunition already this month. We can't let you buy another 100 rounds of ammunition this month, so we're not going to allow that transaction to go through. You, of course, can appeal the transaction uh, and the, the lack of transaction and go through this process right here, which will take you, Lord only knows, how many numbers of years. Anybody who thinks that that won't happen is out of their mind and a liar, a liar. I'm calling them a liar. Of course, that is going to happen. What people are not ready for is the following. Well, we noticed from your digital medical records that you are about 42 pounds overweight because of your BMI, your body mass index. This is the third candy bar you're trying to buy this month for your health and really to keep costs down across the United States. We're going to have to say no to your purchase of that candy bar and not authorize it. If you don't think that's going to happen... You're out of your mind. You cannot be that innocent. And maybe this is the first time you've ever thought of it. So maybe I should be much kinder. Guys, this is totally going to happen. This is going to happen. If you have digital currency, you have government making the determination of your payments. End of list. As a matter of fact, I would find it impossible to think anybody could see it any other way. Now, this is of course, the only story that's going on, but I swear to you, if, um, if I engage in any more conversation about Title 42, I'm going to go crazy. But don't worry, I'll engage more Title 42. Then there is the story of Senator Tommy Tuberville. I always pronounce his name wrong. I think it's Tuberville, not Tuberville. And what happens if you try and get too cute by half? Because Tommy, is it Tuberville? I'm going to go with Tuberville. I might be getting it wrong. I apologize. Um, is being uh, excoriated for comments made about White nationalists and comparisons to Nazis, and shall we? Sir, if there are
1: folks with white nationalist beliefs, of which there are in this country, unfortunately, do you believe they should be serving in the military? Uh, we got to define that first. What is a white nationalist? Someone who propagates Nazism, someone who doesn't believe that black and brown you people think are white equal. Black people? Is a white nationalist is a Nazi? Well, that you is one of their beliefs. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I don't look at it like that. I, How do you look at it? I look at a white nationalist as a, as a a Trump Republican. That's what we're called all the time, a mega person. That's what do I'm. Do you just, agree that, that, with that well, assumption? I agree that we should not be characterizing Trump supporters as white
0: nationalists. Okay. I. S- when I discuss, oh, hold on. Do I just go get my bourbon now? Or, or later, how does, oh, 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 what? Maybe, maybe that's the way I'm supposed to respond. Huh. Because it seems he was saying one thing and then immediately contradicted that thing. And I want to be clear that the reporter's question, while maybe odd, isn't necessarily a bad one. Remember how it started. Sir, if there
1: are folks with white nationalist beliefs, of which there are in this country, unfortunately, do you believe they should
0: be serving in the military? It's not a bad question. Same, uh, I can ask the question uh, this way. Um, just a different topic, not equating different topic. Uh, sir, if there are people who believe they are transgender of which there are in this country, do you believe they should be serving in the military? I was just using her quote, people settle down. That question in of itself would be seen as offensive. If it was asked in that context, although there is a legitimate reason to be concerned with people who are transgender in the military, who want to undergo surgeries and the cost and the time out and what about unit cohesion, which is the thing that I am always asking the question about. But the question itself is not a horrific one. I, not having been confronted with the question, uh, I would answer it this way. I'm, I would say, look, I am not going to go about thought policing anyone. Certainly, I don't think white nationalism provides a value. Certainly, I believe we want to attract the best and brightest into the military. So maybe what we should do is not disparage the military, not have a culture that insults the military, and not have people on television, radio, and other places thinking that only uh, the worst of the worst go to the military. We should be pushing to bring the best and the brightest into defending their country and serving their country. We'd have a better country if we did that and done i mean that's just a way out of the question do i want white nationalists serving in the military i want normal people serving in the military i don't want you to be somebody who's like yeah i serve in the military but what i really hate are jews i'm not interested i don't th- i don't think my life is better if if that's the case but then he goes into this super odd kind of kind of definition thing it's super super weird you think a white nationalist is a Nazi he says so (laughs) many
1: well, I, I don't look at it like that. I, how do
0: you look
1: at it? I look at a white nationalist as, a, as a, a Trump Republican. That's what we're called all the time a mega person. That's what do I'm just. Do you agree that, that, with that well, assumption? I agree that we should not be characterizing Trump supporters as
0: white nationalists. So I'm not sure what he meant. I'm not sure how he's trying to spin that. But he did this. This is first, this is because Republicans are unable to speak the English language. Republicans are just terrible. Second, it's because the reporter was interested in a bit of a gotcha. Maybe you think that I'm wrong, that the question itself is indeed problematic. I can go along with that. But my God, what senator doesn't walk around knowing how to deal with those kinds of basic things? Do white nationalists exist? Of course they exist. Are they the level of problem the way the political left describes them as a problem? I do not believe that to be true. I believe that the rise of communists are far more of a problem for the United States than the white nationalists. And I can see their tentacles in places like the White House that want to push forth legislation that states that if you have a good credit score, you pay more for a mortgage. And if you have a bad credit score, you pay less for a mortgage because from each according to their measure to each according to their need, which is the exact conversation of Karl Marx. I consider that to be far more problematic. But Tuberville stepped in it here. And the whole thing doesn't make any sense. But it starts from the place that this senator thought he was too cute by half. Did he actually think he was going to be able to work some kind of learning lesson into a question that if we take it not on a face value of curiosity, but from a media conversation of gotcha, did you think that was going to work out well? You know what my problem is, and you know this is my problem. You're aware of this about me. You're like, I love him anyway, bless his heart. I do take it from the logical. I have done this long enough to know that other people don't mean it that way, but I always want to engage it in the logical. I mean, I'm desperate for it. And and that is, that is my weakness. That's my weakness, that I actually want to have the conversation. I actually want to talk to people. I actually want to engage. And what are they interested in? How can I rip this guy apart? The only place where I know that that's always true and I always handle myself properly is when I'm doing TV interviews. Even with so-called friendlies, I know that when you're doing that punditry, you can get yourself destroyed. And that the host is looking to destroy you. The host destroys you. The host is in the news cycle for a good 48 hours until the next person's destroyed because it's always about destruction. It's a feather in the cap for the destruction. Why have a logical conversation, a rational conversation, a decent conversation when you can just... Kill the guy in front of you until they are freaking dead and then move on to the next guy. And everybody's going to give you an attaboy and someone will probably buy you a drink at the bar that night. On TV, I'm always aware of it. Always, always, always. I would assume as a senator, you'd be ready for it. And that when you hear the word white nationalist, you know somebody's setting you up for failure. Even I, who's desperate to have the logical conversation, even I as a senator would be like, ah, "I know, I know what that is." You were gonna, you were gonna try and engage a logical spin. Lord, even knows what you were gonna try and do, but bad stuff. Bad stuff. Uh, on to good stuff. A judge in Virginia, federal judge Robert Payne has ruled that a law banning licensed federal firearms dealers from selling handguns to adults under 21 violates the second amendment and is unconstitutional. I love it. You know, I should I should have played the I should have played the music. As a matter of fact, I don't even know why I didn't play the music. All right, fine. I will play the music. And now Another Second Amendment success story. You don't sing a sorry when you shoot someone. On Tony Kent's Today. A 71-page ruling from the U.S. District Court, Judge Robert Payne wrote that many of the rights and responsibilities of citizenship are granted at the age of 18, including the right to vote, enlist in the military without parental permission, and serve on a federal jury. Quote, If the court were to exclude 18 to 20-year-olds from the Second Amendment's protection, it would impose limitations on the Second Amendment that do not exist with other constitutional guarantees. Because the statutes and regulations in question are not consistent with our nation's history and tradition, they therefore cannot stand. Fantastic. I got to tell you, everything is nuts. I don't disagree. Stories like this, I'm like, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe we are going to (laughs) survive. Maybe we will. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. So I guess I take it at this moment that everybody got it wrong about Tom Brady's retirement. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Oh, I'm not saying he's playing. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, he, He didn't join a team or anything like that. He's talking to the Las Vegas Raiders about an ownership stake. It's a conversation that's been happening for a while. Deep discussions, as ESPN reported, I have this story via the New York Post. Deep discussions to become a limited partner of the Las Vegas Raiders. He is now a limited partner in the Las Vegas Aces, which is a WNBA team that is owned by the same guy. We're talking about Mark Davis, the son of Al Davis the guy who doesn't quite understand what a haircut is so is he now trying to buy the team um it looks that way it absolutely looks that way do i blame him gosh no he uh, according to the to the story according to the deal he wouldn't have any voting rights he wouldn't have a say he would just you know be able to to share in uh, in the opportunities in the in the, in the profits. One 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 would think owning a team, man, that's the height. Owning the team is the quintessential move to prove that you're a baller. He goes to the NFL. Look, you, Ryan Reynolds and and Ron McElhenney, they went with Wrexham. Me, I'm um, I'm looking into a. Uh, American uh disc league uh team the AUDL I I'm not joking when I say this there is a group the American Ultimate Disc League and they have a team in Indianapolis called the Alley Cats and I talked about the fact that I would love to learn how to be a part of this thing uh there there's an owner who got in touch with me I wrote him back I haven't heard back yet then I had somebody say to me, "Hey, if you're serious about doing something, uh, check out uh, this team over here with the NHRA." I'm like, "I'm sorry, did you just say the NHRA? You you mean the Hot Rod Association? An NHRA Top Fuel racing team? I I, I know more about I know more about Ultimate Frisbee, but." All right. I'm interested. How do you, how are you not? Let me tell you, living in Indy, it's all about like how do you, how do you get an IndyCar team? Like how do you make that happen? That's it. That's the that's the goal. And I'm not just talking about an Indy 500 IndyCar team, although I think that's the where the place uh, to start, run IndyCar, run the Indy 500, but run it seriously like like you you got to have the money you got to have uh, the engines you got to be able to get those leases you got to be able to have a couple of cars you can't just run one and hope you're not like if I only could survive bump day you're like how am I getting in the fast 9 you got to approach it like I'm going to win the mother and then from there build out the opportunities to run the circuit because I think what you want to do is run the circuit oh yeah oh gosh yes would love it I don't think about uh, NFL teams, although fascinating. That's, that's a money I may not ever get to. But an IndyCar team, is, to me, is awesome. So maybe NHRA. Certainly American Ultimate Disc League, uh, without question. I guess we'll see what Tom Brady's doing soon enough. This is Tony Katz Today. Yeah. Thank goodness, President Biden and Vice President Harris are here to bring us some comic relief with the insanity of how they speak. I mean, this is a heavy news day. It is. It is super heavy with what's happened with the end of Title Forty Two and those crossing the border. This whole conversation about the Biden uh, family and the corruption and the crime. You can tell me that you don't have enough proof yet, like your, like your Steve Ducey. Oh, we need more proof. You don't really have. All right, well, go, go get it. That's what an investigation is for. But you have the form, a whistleblower saying that Biden took cash for policy decisions when he was vice president. You have the banking information regarding money that got moved and maneuvered. That's enough to start an investigation. If you want to tell me that the Biden family is innocent until proven guilty, I'm there. Absolutely cool. No question about it. But if you tell me that the Biden family is 100% innocent, I believe you might be mistaken on that. I think the way you know that there's a a serious level of, of issues is because I go back to it again and again and again Newt Gingrich I think said this so incredibly beautifully regarding why would anybody invest with hunter biden why would anybody get into bed with hunter biden in a business sense juan williams was on fox news saying this is a guy who's a drug addict he's a sex addict he's an alcoholic he's not the son you would want literally said he's not the son that you would want shannon bream is pushing juan williams on this and newt gingrich comes in the former speaker of the house with the correct response the trump family so is there a double standard here
1: when I call out the Trump family? Well, you're saying
0: that... when you I know about, I know, because- I don't know about... It. Look, I think you have a son, uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, who might make some business deals. Newt describes this as millions flowing to the family, kind of, a you know, amorphous. But I
1: know specifically of $2 billion that went to Jared Kushner. Nobody's going to argue about that.
0: All right. My point is, if you listen to his description of Hunter, why would anyone invest in Hunter? They were investing in Joe. The rational person knows that is true. That's what makes it so good. He, I mean, he says that in less than 10 seconds, it is so perfectly clear. You're like, yeah, of course. Every guy on the street, every guy anywhere knows that that's the fact. And when I've got a whistleblower and when I've got banking data, I think that's a cause for an investigation. Now, will the attorney general Merrick Garland engage one? I don't have any faith. In Merrick Garland, there's no faith to have in this ideologue. Thank goodness he's not on the Supreme Court, and we only have to deal with his radical ideology for a few years, as opposed to a few lifetimes. I forgot if I introduced myself, Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today I forget. I swear to you, I get so into it. Uh, so, so yeah, th- things are a little nutty. I'm like, how do I, how do I lighten it up a little? And Joe Biden. And Kamala Harris have made it super easy for me. <laughs> now, maybe this will make things worse. But this was Joe Biden. I've got a couple of clips from this event. I'll just play this one. This is Joe Biden at an event at the White House. I guess it's a little hot out, and oh well, I'll tell you what.
1: Looking at the guys up front here, having to put on ties when you're on a school day. (laughs) That's a hard thing to do and all you lovely young ladies. You're not hot, are you?
0: How creepy is this dude? I swear to you, I don't even think he means it. I think he thinks he's endearing. Like all the sniffing and stuff like that. We, he's inappropriate as the day is long, so we're perfectly clear. He thinks he's endearing. He doesn't know how creepy it sounds, how creepy it looks. Everything, everything he does, super cre- creepy. I mean, and just the way he says lovely young ladies.
1: That's a hard thing to do and all you lovely young ladies... It's not all you lovely young ladies. All you lovely young ladies. All you lovely young ladies.
0: I'm sorry. Like, that's going to be a ringtone in a matter of, of, of moments. He just sounds creepy. Kamala Harris, on the other hand. <laughs> uh, she sounds certifiable. This is Kamala Harris from an event, I believe, at the White House. I want you to hear it.
1: Everything is in context.
0: My mother used to, she would give us a hard time sometimes, and she would say to us, I don't know what's wrong with you young people. You think you just fell out of a coconut tree? (laughs) You exist in the context
1: of all in which you live and what came before you.
0: I swear to you, I don't know what to do with that. Now, maybe she's arguing, do you think that you just exist one day? I actually make this argument about the political left. It's a conversation that's been happening in my family for 40 years Oh, I grew up differently than you did. I'm willing to guarantee you this. I grew up differently than you did. I'm not saying better. I'm not saying worse. I'm saying different. For the political left, the world started yesterday. Everything started yesterday. There is no historical context. When you take a look at the... The United States. Yesterday, I'm at a, a cigar lounge. I had some recording to do. I do it often at uh, a cigar lounge near me, a place called Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, com. And afterwards, uh, I happened to just have time. And I'm sitting outside, just looking at the street. Cars are going by. Businesses are, are happening. And you recognize... All of the things that had to happen in order to get to this moment where cars follow the traffic laws, no cop was around, but they're still stopping at red lights, going at green lights, slowing down at yellow, some people foolishly speeding up, people are walking, people are shopping, everything is moving as we would expect our society to move. I'm simply recognizing all that it took to get to this moment. The leftist looks at that and says, this is the way that it has always been. Now, maybe not all of them, but clearly too many of them because they don't ever recognize everything it took to get to this place. This didn't happen overnight. Did you hear the story of the Starbucks barista? The barista at Starbucks who was yelling at a woman because the uh the the woman didn't use the proper pronoun do you do you not know this story the 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 the, the barista decided that oh no 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 I have a pronoun and and you're not using the price, right pronouns and you're you're so insulting me and you're harming me and is is like clapping in in this woman's face. You insulted me, like one of those. And you're like, oh, oh, you're not that person, are you? Are you really? And then the man who claims to be a woman uh, is is like notices that somebody is recording and walks over to the person with the camera. And hits the camera out of their face. Like, like knocks their camera to the ground. Here it is. I don't think there's any cursing in this one. It's this. Oh, it's
1: uh, to call me transphobic. Yeah.
0: Somehow, this guy who claims to be a woman has decided that if you don't do everything I say to do, that's being transphobic. It's really gross how uh, you you think you get to treat people. Do what I say or else I label you and try and embarrass and shame you in front of a group of total strangers. Everything's a struggle session with these people. You got to look up Chairman Mao. It's a thing. It's not good. It's at this moment where the clapping begins and the Starbucks employee notices somebody recording. You are
1: a Now, get out. You're not coming on, do you? are not Hi, get out. Absolutely. You are trespassing now. They've got cameras. Now. You are trespassing. We've get got got out. Get out. To get to out. To you are trespassing. To Apparently, you're trespassing. You said something. Disgusting. You actually, actually, you
0: basically. And that's the camera being knocked out of the guy's hands. That's the camera being knocked out of the guy's hands by this employee. The employee got fired. The employee got fired. In this former employee's view, everything exists within this very microscopic world of immediate gratification and satisfaction. You will do everything I tell you to do right now at this moment. There is no greater context for how everything has happened up until this moment. Now, this happened in, in, in the UK. Uh, it seems to me it didn't happen in the United States. But I found I found that story to be fascinating because that story is a story about how people don't recognize... Um, how, how growth happens. We talk about race in, in the United States and we never once recognize where we were and where we are and that that is remarkable, miraculous growth. That is the whole concept of we the people in order to form a more perfect union. We aren't a perfect union. We want to form a more perfect union. Get better as we go. Why don't we celebrate the victories and then continue on down the line to even better opportunities? No, we engage in the division. We engage in the destruction. And we say, if you don't do the thing we tell you to do at this moment, you're a racist, you're a bigot, etc., you're a white supremacist. You're you're not being anti-racist. And if you even ask a question, that's because you're white fragility. It is about engaging in full-on attacks as opposed to trying to figure out ways to move to the next promised land. The next step, the next growth, go over the next hill. These people whether it's this employee or whether it's Ibram Kendi or it's Robin D'Angelo, they are about anti-growth. They're not about how do we get over the next hill. They're about looking backwards. They're the ones who look backwards. They think the world exists just as it is right now, and that's why it's all so upsetting and obscene they look at small moments of history as opposed to the total arc of history. Do you really want me to have respect for people who look at slavery just in the United States and just at white slave owners and never notice all of the people who are black throughout Africa who sold their brothers and sisters and cousins and nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles into slavery? Slavery is a horrific trade and a horrific practice all across the board, regardless of the color of the skin. It is evil on evil on evil. That's the historical perspective. Not for these people, because there's too much profit in it the other way. It is not transphobic to utilize the wrong pronoun, because there's no such thing as the wrong pronoun, if you will. And let's say you prefer to be called something else. What's wrong with a little grace? What's wrong with a little waiting? What's wrong with a, you know what, society will get there bit by bit, piece by piece. You don't have to get angry. What these people have been told is, in order to be a fully functioning human being, you have to be outraged when anybody does the thing that you don't like. And therefore, you're right and they're wrong and they have to be destroyed. Because they think the world exists only in that little microcosm. Now, maybe that's what Kamala Harris was discussing. Context. My mother used to, she would give us a hard time sometimes, and she would say to us, I don't know what's wrong with you young people. You think you just fell out of a coconut tree? (laughs) You exist in the context
1: of all in which you live and what came before you.
0: Now, I will admit, She looks very off when she says this. She's an extremely odd person. But maybe instead of mocking her, I should be like, she's right. Context does matter. Maybe she should apply this commentary across the board. You didn't just fall out of the coconut tree. There's a story. There's a history. There is context. Maybe you should... Maybe you should recognize that. And maybe you should recognize that's why not everybody goes along with the thing you say at the moment. Because we have an understanding of history and of right and wrong. I'm Tony Katz. You knew it was going to happen. The minute you saw the defamation case get settled by Fox News, you knew that other people out there would say, Oh, I can just start, you know, Suing people for defamation. It's like a slap suit, a strategic lawsuit against public participation. It's just like that, but so much easier. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, Nina jankowitz who was the one who was going to head up the Disinformation Governance Board through the Department of Homeland Security, she is now suing Fox News for defamation. Over the course of eight months in 2022, Fox talked about Jankowitz more than 300 times. Across its broadcast and online publications, Fox's employee hosts and commentators derided and lied about Jankowitz on repeat and continue to do so even today. She was part of a board that was absolutely about trying to silence people. And then, of course, there was this.
1: is really quite ferocious it's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in congress or a mainstream outlet so disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious
0: holy crap yeah there was a lot to talk about regarding this committee and nina jankowicz's position within It's not defamation to know that the committee was a trash idea, that she herself was questionable, and that she was totally bastardizing show tunes. Probably still is. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.